0: And Ghosts season three, episode four, live from the gigs and Girls HQ. back once again, oh, where's my microphone? Check it out. I'm like Joe fucking Rogan. <laughs> this week's guest is a great man, somebody I've wanted to get on this show for quite a while now because, the uh, many times uh, I've been in a room with him, he's been one of the best storytellers I've ever met. So, <laughs> rags. Congrats welcome to gigs and gusts. hey mikey how's it going buddy <laughs> i'm good mate how are
1: you how's life treating you ah, it's going okay it's going all right i just had a little bit of a break the band took a little bit of a break from playing uh to yeah. take care of some stuff um i went to canada hang out with my mom for a little bit recorded some uh new stuff for a solo album there with a cool producer and stuff and then uh Now I'm back, you know, back in the old UK, ready to hit the road and start playing some more and stuff
0: and hopefully see you at the parish, you know? Oh, you know, you know that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got got a new little, uh, like two venues there now as well, so we've got, we can choose, we can choose where we put you and stuff, just have a good time. So, Brags, this is how we're going to go. in this podcast, what we like to do is like, we like to talk to our guests about their love of music, where they, how they got their start, where they've been, where they are right now, and where they plan to go in the future. And once we get past all that sort of stuff, then we go a bit dark, a bit spooky, a bit paranormal. Like this? Exactly like that. Okay, good. All <laughs> right, I'm ready then. Before we start as well, look, I've got a spot. I think it's a stress spot. <laughs> It's it's oh. been a busy week, but I I had Wheatus playing last night, and uh, fuck, they made me work. Who? Which band? Wheatus. Oh God, really? Cool. Yeah, it was a good it was a good show, but man, uh, thirty six thousand steps I did in a building yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I even went and got him a microwave just so he could warm up some soup. He didn't use it. They didn't use oh, it. come <laughs> but, on. Who does that? But, you
1: know. Brown Eminem is man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's neither here nor there. It's all about you tonight. So, Rags, question number one. Yes. How did you, sir, get your start in the world of music? Oh, man. Well, I have a lot of older brothers and sisters, you see. Six kids
1: in the family. And I'm 10 years younger than the next one. So I couldn't really hang out with them so much, you know what I mean? Because there was a lot of, you know, it's just a little bit of a different kind of uh situation there. But uh man, did they have great records? And I sat around listening to Cheap Trick and The Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and, and the big guns were Kiss and the New York dolls, you know, from when I was about seven years old. And I just fell in love with music really, really, really hard, you know, and I remember I, you know, asked my mom and dad to buy me a guitar. You know, they're Hungarian refugees from the 56th revolution, hardworking people, you know? And they're like, nah, you're just gonna break it, you know? <laughs> and so uh, by the time I turned 14, I realized, you know, I wasn't gonna be an astronaut. I wasn't that good at math. So I figured Rockstar was gonna be the next one. So um, I lied about my age at 14, got a job at McDonald's, bought my first uh, $80 Telecaster. After that started my first band in high school, after you know, I had the best drummer in my neighborhood, actually, which was the best. You could have played with anybody. And we had a load of amazing, a lot of Italian families, you know, and and, 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 and first generation ones, you know, they're learning how to play piano when they're three and stuff. You know what I mean? So I had a lot to uh, uh, live up to, you know, in the neighborhood. But uh, some we were great friends. We started our band Rat Salad. <laughs> great name. Great name. <laughs> First two shows. First show, uh, the um, the principal from my high school closed the curtains on us because we had a song called "Acids for Junkies, Not for Blue Jeans." And we made everybody, <laughs> we made every, <laughs> we made everybody, uh, chant acid, ah, acid, ah, and all of a sudden it was just like, Whoop. that's it. <laughs> I was gonna get kicked out of school for that. one. that was my first ever real gig, and then, uh, yeah, that that's kind of how I started. Um, the main thing though was, um. And, and the most important thing I think in my head when I think about those times, Mike, he's like, everybody's learning cover songs. And I had to learn cover songs just to placate this great drummer. He's like, he's like, come on, man, I, I want to learn how to play battery by Metallica, right? So I have to figure out a way to learn these riffs and stuff. But the most important thing to me was immediately to write songs, mm-hmm. you know, and to and to put these. You know, you learn how to play the power chord. You know, you got those two fingers, right? I and still so- can't
0: do it, man. I've got children hands. Look at these.
1: <laughs> you don't need to. You got a lot more going on for you, buddy. Don't worry about it. But, uh, you know, oh, you could put that anywhere. And I just was writing songs. And immediately, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And so that's where I started, you know? And after yeah. that, I didn't look back. You know, my first real bar band, the first year, I got the diary of me playing when I was 18. Um, I have 112 shows in a year that I put like from zero to 112 shows in a year, like That's- hanging out at clubs and, you know, bugging people like you, but back then without the internet, you know, like, Hey, come on, I got a cassette here. You know, it sounds like shit, but you know, we're pretty good. And, you know, just blagging, blagging, blagging and blah, blah, blah. and It was all part of it. And I loved every single moment of the nonsense.
0: <laughs> Don't do you Don't you kind of Miss those days? Because I know I do Like When uh, when Charest First started It was like before Like you know Social media and shit And it was that You know Sending like a, a tape Or a CD off With like A little glossy photo Of yourself <laughs> And a little bio You've handwritten And stuff like that And, yeah, yeah. and uh, it, it was kind of Romantic almost You know You know it was romantic And also
1: The way weird things happen Like I mean It would just To, to jump like you know I ended up in a band uh, that we were playing. Oh man, I was gonna pour myself a drink before we started and that's it, now I want one. <laughs> um, yeah, Mikey, I wanna? no, but um, what was I gonna say? It's like, uh, you know, we had like the same manager one, one band I was in as a uh, DOA, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. And even to me talking to this guy on the phone and doing this, it still seemed mysterious I wouldn't. It was weird. I was like, I would, you know, plan this stuff over the phone. Wouldn't see anybody's face like we're talking now. Uh, the 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 conversations were few and far between. You had to get the planning done and done right, and then you're in a van, and then you don't talk. You go out there and you sweat and you play, and it was yeah. just like, and I loved it because I think in that part of my life, and and, and a big part of it, it was a way. Uh, You know, I want to make it sound like there's always a sense of um, escaping, you know, a certain situation or whatever. But mostly it just felt like I was part of a world now that didn't belong to anyone else. And it didn't have uh, its roots in anybody else's ideas of what was right, what was wrong morally or anything else. And, And then I ended up finding out that the people I was with... It's funny, had a higher moral compass than anybody else that I saw staying at home with their nine to five jobs. And I was happy, you know, I missed entire years of cultural references. Like, you know, I just got back. I just got into a few years ago, Star Trek. And my wife laughs and goes, what, you didn't watch it after work? And I was like, <laughs> after work, man, I was sleeping in the back of a van. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> man, missed Star Trek in the 90s. Anyway, but yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah no, no, you know, you say it's true. It's like, yeah. Uh... Um, I'd say maybe ninety percent of my friends are people who are in bands. Mm-hmm. And some of them I've been friends with for like twenty odd years from, from doing that, like going traveling down to the bottom of the country, somewhere I've never been before, sleeping mm-hmm. on another band's floor. I slept in yeah. a wardrobe once and these are people that that you you, you just you just stay friends with because you're going through this yeah. crazy fucking life. <laughs> And, it's like, you know,
1: meeting you, like, I mean, you people in common that are really close friends, like uh, Scott Sari, you know? Yeah. These are, like, uh, like bigger-than-life people, almost like superheroes in a way, but they're like, with names, like monster movies, you know what I mean? Like Mikey Shiraz and Scott Sari, you know, and stuff like that. Even, like, Rags or Kit Swing or whatever. It's like, but these people, you meet them, and I I, I kind of hope so, but, like, I mean, uh, they're the best people it, I'm so happy that I made that decision and stuck with it. it. Yeah. The funny thing, normality, my wife and my family, I met my wife backstage at the Barfly at a gig, you know, when I was touring from when I was living in New York. So even my family got brought to me, you know. Yeah, touring.
0: yeah. So, it's amazing yeah. It. what music brings you. It's just fantastic. But what you just touched on there is something that I've thought about a few times. And it is, is the amount, of friends I have, and I don't know their real names, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, uh, during, like, during lockdown, I remember uh, I got interviewed on, uh, on, uh, on ITV News uh, yeah. about, like, venues and music and how hard it is, and my name came up was Mike Baird, not Mikey Shiraz. Yeah. And the amount of messages I got, people going, who the fuck's this Mike Bad guy? Why does he meet your face? <laughs> you <know? laughs> like
1: it was a misspelling or, or a mistake or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's funny too, because, uh, you know, I think that uh, anything that you do in life, and I, you, even if you're not a musician or if you, if you're an artist, or even if you're not an artist, there's a certain amount of... Uh, taking a look at yourself and seeing yourself in the shoes that you would like to be in. And that can be an awfully positive thing. It's not an imposter thing. It's not pretending to be somebody you're not. It's trying to be the best kind of idea of what you'd like to be. And sometimes, you know, it's like that, that, old, that line, you know, all the best ones change their names, you know, from Johnny Thunders to Ace Freely to like uh, Keith Richards, you know, like, I mean, it's like everybody's Messed around a little bit to sort of encompass maybe a feeling that they had or something that they wanted to achieve, and I think Wait, that's great. Is Keith Richards not really called Keith Richards? No, no, no. It's it's it, 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 he he changed it just slightly. I think it's just a letter or something like that. It's it's. Uh, going to
0: say, now you're going to choose a stage name, be like Keith. Keith's the one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, maybe i'm wrong with that no I, I do know that he went between richards and richard because he wanted to be like little richard and all the rest of that stuff oh
0: wicked yeah yeah even,
1: yeah even subtle things like that you know what i mean like i mean not everybody's going to be ace freely are they
0: he did get one <laughs> of the bad <better> names <laughs>
1: one ace yeah totally man yeah
0: so, like you say you started went from zero to over 100 gigs a year pretty quick yeah um how quickly did you start gaining traction like getting noticed?
1: Well, that was the thing. Uh, within that the, the first band, I kind of got... Uh, we, we started to, to make some moves and stuff like that, and we started to tour a bit. And like I said, I was 18. But then I met some other people in another band, a great singer and a lo- an awesome drummer. And this guy, Simeon, he was a fantastic uh, frontman and stuff. And we kind of had a mutual admiration society with each other, you know. And I was getting sick of, you know, this singer in this band, really, like, you know, I was... Bl- getting all those gigs, I was doing all that stuff. This guy just wanted to hang out with his girlfriend. And it's got to the point where I don't want to do that. You know, I just don't want to hang out watching movies. I don't want to watch The, the, the Little Mermaid with my girlfriend on the, on the rug, you know? I mean, that's fun sometimes, but I want to play music and I want to get going. So I broke that band up, I, qu- I quit. And, and then I started a band with this other guy. We uh, started to play some shows. That was fine. We decided to take six months of doing nothing but rehearsing. Within the first four shows, we did this thing called a Rock Against Racism Benefit. And this is mm-hmm. a band called Same Difference. And they were quite big in Calgary and Alberta and stuff. And there was about 1,000, 1,200 people at this place rammed. And they really liked us. And they were like, hey, how about right backstage, how about we go on now and you guys headline and we were like, and it was on local television, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I was like, you can't do that, can you? Yeah, you can have our slot. We can do whatever we want. It's live on TV. The next show, like, I, I, I love this story because it's like when I talk about it, it's, like, it's funny. We had a lineup around the block, like that typical, like right down 17th Avenue in Calgary, down the street. And after that it was great, and then we just started we got like this manager, this guy who's like managed DOA and stuff like that. We ended up touring in Canada, uh, back and forth, which is the long tours, you know. And then uh, we got on the radio, uh, AM radio, and then we ended up getting support slots at the hockey arena, the 10,000 people stuff. We did this festival with uh, the Ramones, SNFU, Bad Brains. All, like uh, who else was on the Nova Mob, you know the guys from Husker do yeah. um, uh, and we were like right in its excellent slot. I mean we toured, and we ended up touring with a, playing a bunch of shows with Oasis off uh, their definitely maybe album, the first album no if, you way. Know. yeah and stuff. and it was crazy and then yeah, I was like that was like chapter one of like what happened? this is crazy and then we went to Toronto and stuff and we did really well. I mean, we won this Much Music, which is MTV, this big contest. Like people phoned in their favorite new band, that kind of stuff. But yeah. we just to Toronto, so it was just like this whole kind of. It felt it felt felt really good, and you know, I mean, we never made a million. You know, there's no uh, swimming pool shaped like guitars. You know, but you
0: know. <laughs> they're right there are in here.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But then you know, I started another band with another guy who was signed to a label, and then we went to New York. And Jesse Malin from d generation you know, we became mm-hmm. friends. And stuff he talked me into moving there. Then we started that band, uh, Madison Strays. We got on. <laughs> Same low Lowe uh, from Radio One loved us. It brought us over with the Extreme Fellow agency. Uh, like we didn't pay a penny, we were just flown over here to tour and stuff, and it was just like we were in every HMV. It was like these things, like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. But I don't know. The more I ro- rode the roller coaster, the more fun I was having, and and then I just realized I don't know. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much a carny now. I'm just gonna be on the roller coaster.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 I hear that. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, once you're on, it's hard to get off. <laughs> That's right, man. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I, was, I can't remember who it was I had on the show a few seasons ago, but um, you are what I like to call a lifer. Some people, <laughs> the, they're in bands, and they're in bands for a few years, and they go, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore, and they just leave it. Mm-hmm. I could never do that. I, I know a few people who are like that. You're definitely one of those. We are well... <laughs> Where it. for the long run.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're yeah we're in and you know it's it's, it's been a great life so far. So why but, stop I it? Mean,
0: what else? Uh, what else would we do?
1: <laughs> don't know. I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to have a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, I, I love you know. It's like you know, as 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 they say in certain instances, you know, here is rags on stage, proud father of two, get those bills on the stage. He doesn't get paid for overtime, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> But You know, it's, it is it is it is what I do, I do and it's uh, kind of, uh, uh, it's inferred all the, uh, just, uh, the way I look at life and the way I look at the world is kind of like through those glasses anyway. And uh, I've seen so much of the world because of it. I just don't want to stop now. I, like I said, I got another album coming out. We just finished the record. I mean, we good reviews. It's nice to know people still listen. Like I said, I ain't no rock star, but I am. You know, like you are. You, know what I'm you, saying? Are, like, you are I'm not right? say in a, I'm not going to, you know, be bravado and I'm not going to say anything that I'm not, but it's that's the job application. And I mean, you know, I might be, um, I, I still might be entry level at 53, but I'm that's still that's still the what's what's on the piece of paper right under my name.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, so when you were brought over by Zillow to the UK, yeah, and uh, you said you met your your now wife at the bar fly, was that on to her? Yeah. And and is is that why you ended up like moving over to
1: here? Well, yeah, well, she came to live with me in in New York for a while in Greenpoint in Brooklyn. And yeah, we, you know, and then that was, yeah, that was the, uh, we were together for a year and then we got married, funny enough. So it wasn't like a super long time. It's like a, sorry? A whirlwind (laughs) romance. Oh, it was. When I, tell, when I tell my kids that, my son has a big laugh about that all the time. I was like, God, that wasn't a long time for you guys to know each other. You get married. But um, <laughs> yeah, So, but then, yeah, and then I ended up moving here to England because that band, of course, th- that band is funny. Like, there are a lot of so many good things happening for it and stuff, and that band uh, kind of imploded for a lot of your typical reasons. That was now you're a little bit older, and there's typical reasons that certain people couldn't hack it do whatever and this and that and then just that little extra push over the goal line you know what i mean it was just yeah. too much and then i was like okay you know what? i'm just gonna then i moved to england and start working at denmark street and started the role models you know and
0: great uh, band. band you know I mean, when cool. i when i first met you that's uh you were in role models yeah yeah i, I think mean I, was it uh i'm trying to think when we first met you were in role models. I don't know if it was Scott Sorry show sure or the Pure yeah. Rock Awards or something like that. Was it
1: the Pure Rock Awards? It could have been. It might have yeah. been. Well, oh, that was the messy times. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. sir. it might have been that. I think though. I think though. Uh, you're right in saying that the Scott Sari uh, uh, connection. That's definitely where we really connected. You know what i mean yeah. like that's definitely where we we really connected and i remember doing a a bunch of um we headlined a couple of um shows to raise some money for him
0: when he, yeah yeah we raised online. some good money so that was good yeah that was fun yeah was, yeah. yeah so yeah you, you came over here you got the raw models together you sat doing stuff with that and then what happened there
1: wow i just you know i just like i say just you know keep going and there was just a bit of advice I got actually because I was starting to just before that album the go to guy mm-hmm. the first full length roman album I was playing a show with the first incarnation, which you know there's a you know um Sully from more kicks was the guitar player and stuff great like really talented you know guitar players but I was like I was getting tired and I was and I to feel it and uh Walter Lure from the Heartbreakers, you know, like Johnny Thunder and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. Walter and I, we met a few times and stuff. And one night we were just at London and as was after one of my shows and he had his drink. He had a little scotch, you know, and he's like, "Rags, you're looking tired. What's the matter? What's going on? I was like, well, you know, I don't know what to do. I mean, I got a lot of songs here and I just I think I just need to get focused in a way. But get, the focus is eluding me, you know, how I'm going to go about the next step. He said, well, I'll tell you this. Get that first record done. Play some shows. Go home to your wife and kids. Then do another record. This simple. <laughs> then play some shows. Go home to your life. Do that three times. That's three years from now. That's nothing. You can, If you are up to the challenge to do that, you have a body of work nobody can ever take away, and you spent real time with your family and your life and because there's no art without life rags and I was like okay and then that was it that's why I did those role models albums one two three mm-hmm. and I was like I did it and then I was just like wanting to do and then Daniel you know our bass player like uh, Daniel Hussain, he moved to Germany at that time and, you know, it was just hard to get things together. Nick, you know, uh, uh, Nick Husey, Middle Night Man and stuff like Very that. Very well. These guys are like, yeah, these guys are still so close, like, you know, friends. Simon Simon stuck with me, but I just wanted to do an album, just try something that was not like that. So that first Rich Ragony solo record, it's quite, mm. you know, it's got some more of acoustic bass to it and stuff like that. And I really enjoyed it, but still had a lot of heart, I think, and a lot of grit to it. And then I did that. And, you know, that's with Ricky, who's like, is in the UK subs and stuff like that. And you've got like Gaff, you know, who was in the Dead Wardians and uh, the Glitterati. And these, yeah. people came to, and these people came to help me make the record. Man, you know that last day in the studio, Mikey, when you got to do the hand claps and you got to do the fun stuff automatically everybody shows up with a bottle of their favorite things or whatever. And it's like, Oh, what are we going to be doing? Some gang vocals. We're going to be clapping our hands. We're going to be doing something. So everybody's going to get drunk. Man, at the end of that thing, we were a band and it wasn't me. It was Ricky going, this is a band, right? rags. can we just make this a band? It's called digressions, you know, the digressions because of my, long-ass storyteller, Mikey, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're, like I said. at the start, you, you're a great storyteller. I, could, I can and have listened to you for hours. <laughs> you <love. laughs> I love remember you in a, back, a backstage room once with you, yeah. and we were just chatting away, and uh, somebody from the bar had come up just to check on the room and get some empty glasses, mm-hmm. and you got them to sit down. And, like, about an hour and a half later, the manager came up to see where they were. They were just, everyone would just sit in listening to some of your crazy stories. (laughs) Oh, man, I forgot about that. Yeah, God, well. um, uh, One of the other things about, which I've always liked about your songwriting, is your lyrics, you know, where they come from. It's like, um, there's nothing seems to be like, throwaway, if you know what I mean. It's not like a, like I've had times in the past where I've not known what to write about, so I've wrote about films I like, you know. Mm-hmm. But you've always seemed to have something to write about. I think it's mm-hmm. sort of very special about you as a songwriter. Were you like that from the start?
1: Oh, uh, geez. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a really great compliment coming from you. Uh, thanks. Um, I just, I uh, guess... Uh, I didn't know, I, I wasn't, I don't think I, I was very good at writing songs about other people, mm-hmm. but I could write about mm-hmm. where I was amongst other people. doesn't necessarily have to be completely about me, but, and I think that that kind of, uh, kind of makes that songwriting a bit more personal. And then I love classic songwriting where you can make things a little bit um, universal and stuff where it can, mm-hmm. it doesn't clearly have to be like, well, this is about him. Woe is me. But I also like the ideas like people like Paul Westerberg or Bob Dylan and stuff like that, where it's amazing. They could be saying what sounds to be, that's a pretty dark thing to say, but like life, it's like you can have this music. That's just like, you know what I mean? Like just makes you want to take a deep breath and walk two inches taller, you know, anyway. And that's the greatest source of strength, the well of strength that you have is like the music and then what you can say with it. And you can be completely honest and it not be, it's like, you know, uh, with songs and stuff, I get very bored of things that are so black and white. I like, the, I like that that gray area because it just drags you into like, where are you, you know what I mean? And, and how yeah. do you really feel about that? Man, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me but somehow if I see that sunset and I realize that I was lucky enough to feel that pain, stuff like that. And it's it, important. You yeah. Know? It's, it's,
0: it, yeah I, I do think like, yeah, uh, especially with lyric writing, it can be so fine. It can be, it can be a, a good source of therapy. You know, you, you're writing right. everything down mm-hmm. onto a piece of paper, but finding a different way to, to say it. And like you say, you know, you, in the darks of the dark you can always find like the light out there and I think writing lyrics is a way that you can do it and like yeah it's like it so it is something I do I've have, have always admired about you yeah, with that and it's good to see it. it's good to, like, I'm looking forward to hearing a solo album
1: oh man yeah I can't wait for you to hear it too man I'm, I'm, I'm really you know uh, we're talking about one uh, of our friends in common the title track it's it's in a movie soundtrack which is a first for me. And, I was
0: gonna
1: hit on this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and and but the, the song title is a, uh, and the album is called uh, "You Can Get Dark with Me," and it's from a conversation. Me and Scotty always have these. Scott, sorry, and I have these conversations. We have some family things that we have in common. That it's nice to know somebody out in the world understands. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so we talk to each other. And I remember one time it was my turn my sorry my turn you know like oh it's like this and i was like oh man i'm sorry if i'm kind of a downer and he just went oh rags you know you can always get dark with me and i was like oops i was like i'm gonna yeah. write that song and he was like you bastard i want to write that song i want no, I want, you. he goes okay you can have it so um that's so it's like again that's a, an example of kind of um where lyrics come from and stuff and like uh, from a real place and uh came from a real situation and a relationship uh, from somebody i love dearly you know and uh and and i can't wait for you to hear it you know what you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna send you some stuff to listen to before it comes out okay
0: sick that sounds great <laughs> but what you were just saying then there about uh, somebody saying something and it resonating and stealing yeah. that, making it your own. I've done the exact same thing, and I felt so bad because I was sat talking to my friend. He mm-hmm. it was about he was really bad with his substance abuse, and there uh, he was talking about like yeah, yeah, I was born with a thousand dreams, and now he's down to none. I was like, like yeah, trying to make sure he's okay, but in the back of my head, I was like, put that in that fucking vault because <laughs> that's going yeah. kind of, yeah. <laughs> get. You know?
1: mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it's like, uh, it's, it's one of those things where you shouldn't feel bad because you're talking with somebody you love, right? And yeah, it yeah. came out of the conversation of you being there for that person. And, you know, I mean, it's certainly not, you know, you're not taking that guy's name and going, hey, look at this, or that person's name going, look at this. But it, it, it's coming from a real place. And that, that's like, I think, you know, it's funny to have the guts to do that, for you to do that. To to think and you're thinking I feel so bad. I'm thinking about this now. The fact that you want to market and that you want to keep it in, in the vault and you want to use that means that you, I think, have uh, a deep understanding of life where you don't want to put it under the rug. Well, that's a shit, that's that's a horrible, hard thing to hear from your friend. Let's mm-hmm. move on from that now. Uh, because people need to hear that stuff and people need to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, experience it. And when you believe me, when you sing that people are going to understand that, that people understand that that's a real thing that like can line like that. You know what I mean? And you put, put it across, like it's, it's coming from a real place and it's comforting and it's, it, it, it's, 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 you, you got to have a lot of guts to do that not sweep it under the rug. And that's a certain special people do that. You know, I'm just saying like, you you know, you're one of them, obviously, because you think that way. Your mind is trained that way now. It's, I'm going to take something and it might be, make you feel uncomfortable to take it, but it's for a real positive thing, you know, Mm -hmm. in the end. So,
0: we just went really deep then, didn't we? Yeah.
1: <laughs> God, I, I wish I was there, man. I wish I was up in out of
0: If you were, this would be the longest podcast of all time. You know this. <laughs> oh God, is it already? Oh God. No, no, no. It's like, uh, have you ever met Andy Hawkins? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he came and did it. Uh, uh, and I think that one was... Jay. Yeah, just over two and a half hours we were chatting away for. Oh, I bet. Know. I mean, he's, I a, bet. An, he's an interesting booker. He's got some really amazing stories. So just like, you know, just getting yes. caught up in one after another after another. Mm-hmm. But you touched on something then as well about the uh, that track from uh, one of your tracks that just appeared in a feature film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I saw, saw the feature of you at the premiere and stuff.
1: Oh well, we yeah, the old the old red carpet you know yeah. and that's the thing you know i do miss the times where i could just you know do you know something you know I, I you know played awards uh things and stuff like that years ago or whatever but you know i just did it and i went to sleep you know now if you don't have a picture of you doing it then did it ever happen <laughs> <laughs> exactly like, oh god so yeah so me and russ russ that guy russ broom he's like uh I mean, I already have Andy Brook, who's like, he's worked the status quo, with Francis Rossi, he's an award-winning producer, and he's the keyboard player in my band and one of my best friends and brothers in the world. So yeah. that's where the album starts, you know? And then and then we have like, and then Russ is an old friend, like, man, that guy's won the Juno uh, Awards for songwriting. Juno is like the Brit Awards of Canada kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Canadian Country Music Awards. Uh, he just won one of those. I mean, he's had one holding his mail, you know, that typical thing in the studio, you know? But uh, but I've known him. he's just an amazing guitar player too. But um, he uh, heard that song, You Can Get Dark With Me, and then he just, he pitched it to this director. And uh, it was a funny thing that we're on this now, because this is like a ghost story a show and yeah. about supernatural stuff. This movie it's called, um, it's, um, sorry. It's <laughs> just thinking about uh, my tells us, how we ended us. And it's very much in, in the vein of like uh, Jacob's ladder. Oh, cool. Yeah. It, but it's about a couple. I to yeah. give two more away. And like it has premiere at the first international film festival, and it's going to be in a bunch more, but uh, seeing it was, is amazing because it's, it's got this really dark undercurrent through it. And when the song is being played on the radio, it's during a really dark, violent moment. Be, and it's just like almost hard to take where this song about two friends has now been, and this is what I love, construed into the song, you can get dark with me and it turns into a very different thing and works perfectly. And I was like, in this kind of psychological supernatural thriller horror movie, and I was like, I was like, man, I was so happy about that. You know that it was, it was yeah. like, taken out, and then it was great too because it's the song at the end when the credits roll. And you know when you're when you would go see a movie when you you know when you're a kid and stuff, mm-hmm. and they always play this the cool song at the end. You know, yeah, 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 totally. And it's like, I'm just sitting there going, oh, sounds great and whatever. But it's funny, though. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's in a supernatural thriller, a ghost story movie. So it's funny that.
0: Well, I'm excited to see it now, dude. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, really, it's really quite cool, man. It's really good.
0: It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah proper congrats on that. So um, what is coming up next thing? You are talking about the solo album. Um, mm-hmm. You just bought the uh, new Digressions album uh, not long mm-hmm. ago as well.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I took a, I took a bit of a break. I had to cancel some school. We did the, the, the call of the wild festival and it took a bit of a break. And, uh, cause I had to just be wholly present for a couple of things. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I did. So now I can kind of start getting rolling. And so we, the digressions we have that album to still play a bunch of shows for and, 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 and to, and to kind of push a bit, and probably another video. And then, uh, we got this, and I just want this solo album. It's it's just been on my back of my head already, you know. So I'm going to put it out, and I think that it's funny. A lot of people, you know, at this point in my life, it's like you know, well, no, wait, you know, you got to wait, and you got to do this, and you got to wait, and by the time I put out the record, it's three fucking sorry, three years.
0: That's all right. Swear all
1: you want. Yeah. yeah, but you know, what? I'm not going to wait another year and a half to put out a record I want to put out in April and I'm gonna put it out. <laughs> so you know, and okay. play some shows. And that'll be its separate thing. Uh, you know, there's some a couple members of the band like Andy's gonna be playing guitar for the for the live band and that and stuff. So that's gonna be exciting. And then, you know there'll be a video, whatever. Just like all the creative things that go around it. I love just releasing music. And believe it or not, the digressions we already have, like on my phone here, I've got a thing. I think we've got like 24 songs, demos that we're all, all ready to go for a, a next record after the one we just released last year. So there's no, we are gonna. it was great. We just played this show with uh, Carol Hodge.
0: You yeah, know Carol? Yeah, and uh, was it Sarah Borges as well? Yeah, they're gorgeous.
1: Yeah, Two amazing songwriters. And I know you know Carol. I know you know Piper, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Carol and I, I don't know, she's such a great songwriter. We have a, this, I, I just feel like, we kind of fell into a nice friendship. Do you know what I mean? Where we you know, kind of trust. it's just, it's lovely to see her all the time and play. And um, she kind of made me think like, it's okay to do a couple of different things here. Maybe not just always just focused on the one. And, and, and when we played that show, it was the first show in a bunch of months and there's Ricky and Gaff and Kit and everybody and Simon. And we're just so happy to be in the room together. We're like, all right. This is great, and we, we're already talking about what the next record. Oh, this demo is good. This blah blah blah, blah. and it's just like it, just felt like oh man, this is great. It's a lovely foundation of friendship and stuff. And you know, there's still going to be another role uh, role model single coming up. So it's just like these people are like I don't know the fabric of my life now, and it's like a, a creative situation that uh, is is ongoing and excited. We're excited about it, to do it, so there's lots of stuff to do. That's the main thing, man,
0: stay excited, always stay excited.
1: Stay excited, man, that's so, so it's perfectly, everything I just said, that's in there, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, 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 I I mean, as you just mentioned, Carol, like a a former guest on the show, she puts albums out so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just writes and writes and writes. God and, mm-hmm. oh, damn, it's impressive. I mean, between our first and second album, I think there was eight years. There <laughs> was eight years between the albums. Oh, yeah. Eight years, yeah, yeah. Fuck, <laughs> oh, man, so we're like,
1: <laughs> we're not There's doing no, that again. Yeah, exactly. There's no rule book, though, right? It's like you put out records when you do, but you guys, uh, man, I love playing with you guys you that was like uh i love watching you on stage anyway I, 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 and you I guess, man and you <laughs> you know it's like you one of the best front people ever and it's like uh, there's a real joy to it so like i mean that's a thing it's like i in in a sense you know man the difference is you know i got a family i got two kids and uh, there's not a thing holding me down that's absolutely not it i want to be around my family i love them I can't tour. I can't do the Iron Maiden Power Slave tour like I used to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just can't do it. Remember <laughs> that when you were here, you got the cassette of Power Slave by Iron Maiden. You open it up and you look at the tour dates, and I was like, Yeah, yeah, just
0: pages and pages <laughs> of dates. No, it it's
1: like three Christmases on this thing. You know, is <laughs> like,
0: what, you know? it's what, it's what I like about uh, Steve Harris. You know, he does these massive tours with Iron Maiden for like three years or whatever, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he stops. And instead, like, the rest of them would go home. And he takes out his other band and just plays the toilet circuit.
1: You know, he's yeah. like... Are you talking about British Lion or whatever it is? Yeah, right? yeah. They,
0: they, play there. they played in Huddersfield in January. And I was just yeah. stood there watching Steve Harris, like, two feet away from me, just doing his bass thing in front of a stage going, this is fucking weird, man. But I, 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 he loves it too. Yeah, I know. he. I...
1: That 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 guy that guy was a lifer when he was eighteen. You know that's what he did. Like you know he kept the diaries, he blagged the gigs and the whole thing. Uh, I I do notice in his life uh, just because I'm a huge main fan, I still am. Me but too. Like The uh, the fact that you know British Lion does that. Uh, there's no uh, question that it's funny. His kids are now grown, so now he's able to kind of. Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to sit around in my slippers. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put out this band together and keep going, right? Like, why yeah, not?
0: Yeah, you yeah know? Yeah. I mean, it, it must be, it been, must be just amazing that you to go like, so last week I was playing in a stadium to 100,000. Uh, next gig, Huddersfield, 300 people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. That's real love, though, man. But, you yeah. know, as to say, some bands, you know, they'll, they'll wait like four years and put out a record, and, and, but they'll be playing a lot. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> where me, I'm like, I I think I'm a little too, you know, me as, you know, a little, I want to kind of be doing stuff. So, um, you know, I'll be home with my family but I can plan albums and write songs and do that. So, so I'm, I'm able to put out more records than, you know, you know, it's like, it's funny. It's like, uh, I, you know, I do like it when you get the review. It's like, Oh, how, how did he write this in such short time? It's like, well, it's because I'm not living in the back of a tour bus like a lot of other of my friends are. It's like they would be able to do that too. But shh.
0: Yeah. That's the secret. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll delete it all. <laughs> but <about> I, <laughs> but, like, you are, you, originally, you're, you're a Canadian man. And I was going to ask, uh, favorite Canadian musicians? Oh, Uh, the
1: uh, favorite ones would have to be right off the top. The guy who, in a band called 39 Steps, his name is Chris Berry.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: uh, Look up uh, the song, Slip Into the Crowd. And when you see that video, uh, think of... uh, You just pause a second. that, That was certainly... Uh, did that cut
0: out or did you hear yeah that? yeah we just had a little bit of a connection problem there but you're back
1: now yeah Chris, Chris Berry yeah so 39 Steps uh, yeah. he, uh, he was like if you like I said if you saw that video you know for Slipping to the Crowd that's 15 year old me watch that video that was a thing I was like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life seriously yeah. and I loved his voice great singer and stuff um, who else you know I could say Canadian musicians, uh, art Bergman, art Bergman is a fantastic songwriter. He used to be in a band called poisoned and he, he, uh, he was also in a band called, uh, uh young America, uh, young Canadians, uh, back in the seventies. But, uh, he is a, just an amazing songwriter with a huge, huge, uh, body of work that he's just challenging. And he's just an, serious when i say nutcase in the best possible way he's just cr- a crazy person he really feels things right on the edge of his skin you can tell and he's just such a great songwriter um and you know i, I could say uh it's funny you know he's a good friend of mine i don't mind saying it. he's you know a jones from uh yeah. you know you know he's a like a brother to me you know what i mean He's like my best friend brother and stuff but that doesn't stop me from you know i love the black halos i loved you know pretty much everything he does his writing now with michael monroe is really to write for somebody else's voice and still have yourself in that song i tell him all the time i was like and you know I'll, I'll even do him for you he's a like, oh shut up rags you know what the hell you know you know what i mean the way he's like you know yeah yeah like, yeah yeah so you know um those are those are some of my favorites um uh, Canadian musicians,
0: yeah. No, Avril Lavigne or Nickelback, man. Well,
1: <laughs> uh, the lead singer for uh, Nickelback used to come to the uh, used to come to the hair salon I worked at with uh, uh, Stacy. I used to work in a, a, at a hair salon in Toronto um, called John Steinberg and Associates. is really quite a big one. And uh, with the guitar player from, do you remember Robin Black and the Intergalactic Rockstars? No, but I wish I did. <laughs> he, dude, look him up. The, <laughs> guitar, the guitar player for that band—they were real glammy, obviously. Yeah. And, of uh, another one of my closest friends, uh Stacy Stray, was the guitar player, and he, he's just fantastic. But uh, he's another great guitar. You know who? What am I thinking? One of my favorite Canadian songwriters and singers is a, this guy Neil Layton, and he was in a band called Conscious Pilot. I, I actually was lucky enough to do a tour across the, uh, Europe with him. And he is, look up Neil Layton online. It's just, just, man, what a singer. It's just incredible voice, powerful. And just, He's just great, man. And he just likes everything in just the right amounts. Like he's got this Bowie T-Rex thing, but he's got like a Nick Cave kind of thing. And when I say that, I just mean, I'm putting that together in my head to do the math because I always wanted to be as good as somebody like him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? and you start to go, "How do you do that?" And I, but uh, he's he's somebody I really look up to, and he's a good friend. But uh, but man, he's somebody I really really admire. Great singer and just
0: awesome. I've got I've got some homework, so I'm going to do some looking up later tonight. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> buy some good buy some new music. It's always good. Um, Well, I I think we've had a a good discussion here about music and what makes Rags the Man. (laughs) (laughs) Are you you ready to get spooky? Sure, man. Sure. Let's talk ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) I thought...
1: (laughs) Yes. Let's talk ghosts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... I always kick off this uh, this uh, part of the podcast with the same question, mm. Rex, Do you believe in ghosts? Well, <coughs> this is
1: an interesting question because I hold on. There's something on the, my screen that's bugging me. There. Um, do I believe in ghosts? I find myself to be quite a spiritual person. I also find myself to be I like to ask questions, you know, and uh, it's hard for me to to wholeheartedly say I do, but I have experiences that that have led me to think that yes, I mean that, that I, I do believe in them, you know. But uh, but but to a place, so I'm not like a full on like. Can I tell you the fastest, quickest story? You um, can tell
0: longest if you want to know
1: it at the British library in St Pancras one year oh. my wife got me a birthday present and it was a guy who was a renowned photographer of ghosts hmm. and it was like this big you know in the British library is you know it was packed in there and he'd have these uh, you know pictures of you know this was taken and well i can show you why that's not a ghost and this person was somebody a bit of a you know uh You know, he had the stories, and he would uh, travel around from town to town, you know, pictures from the 40s and the 30s and stuff. And then he'd go, well, here's a set of photographs that can't be explained. And he's showing this and that. And he did the whole thing. It was really amazing. Yeah. So eloquent. And then it was like, well, does anybody have any questions? And I'm sitting beside my wife and my my wife was just like, oh, I can hear audibly go, oh. <laughs> no, darling. no darling don't i was like i got you so the long march up and there's the microphone the microphone gets you know I was, okay thanks i was like um thank you so much for the uh for, for for today it was so entertaining and so enlightening um i do have one question though um there are certain items of clothing that i uh th- that i really that i'm really attached to you know like For instance, I'm a musician that tour around. I have like certain shoes and I have a blazer that I love to wear on stage and stuff. And I'm just wondering uh, how can I go about, if I was to get hit by a bus tomorrow, how I could go about making sure that I can take my blazer with me for photographs. (laughs) And and the guy was like, next question, please. (laughs) (laughs) He
0: wouldn't answer. Nope.
1: Because, I mean, I mean, they're all wearing these lacy Victorian dresses and stuff and everything. And you know, I was like, there's some items of clothing I'd like to take into the netherworld, you know? And yeah. I don't know how I those, do
0: that. those shoes cost a pretty penny. <laughs> yeah, man, I'd like to
1: take it. You know, <laughs> you know, they keep saying you can't take it with you, but there's all these people in their ball gowns, you know?
0: <laughs> anyway. you, don't, you don't see many naked ghosts, do you? So you must be able to take it with you. <laughs>
1: but you know there's that typical idea that antiquated idea that that's what ghosts are but you know um you want to get you want to get into a couple of stories or
0: yeah dude i I always want to hear stories give me these stories this is what i'm here for
1: well this is when when i was young and my next door neighbor who was my best friend susan she uh like we were really close. Like it was one of those things where when I was like seven years old, I would, it was one the the first person who had first taught me how to, uh, uh, make, uh, you know, uh, allowances and relationships. Like I would, uh, I'd ask her if we could play rock star for half an hour and then I'd play house easy Bake Oven for the rest of the day. Like that's how lousy I was at making those kinds of things, but really close. But her family's first, she was first generation Canadian and her, her family was Italian. And I was over at a place one day and she was in her mom's room doing something. There was an ensuite there or something. And she was in there and she came and, and, and the phone rang. And Mrs. Piotto, the, the, the mom, answered the phone, I was talking on the phone. And Susan came running out going, mom, mom, like to me, come inside, look, these, these grandma's here. My grandma's here from Italy. And I was like, I looked at her, I go, I, I don't see anybody, Susan, you know? And she said, no, look, look, it's, it's like she came in. And then her mom was crying on the phone. And she's like, mom, mom, she's like, Susan, what? Susan, what do you, I'm on the phone. Your grandma just died. Then shit! There was no talking about grandma. Her finding out that her grandma had passed away, and then her seeing something. There was nothing. It was her running out of the bedroom, telling me, you see, when grandma's in there, do you see that mom? You know, mom, 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 pulling at her skirt. You know, mom, and she's like, you know, you can, you know, mild annoyance." You know, in Italian, you know, shh be quiet. I'm on the phone with Italy, long distance. Because you gra- you know, your grandma just died. I can never explain that. Like that's crazy. You know, what I mean? goose
0: pimples, man. Go goose pimples. uh I I actually telling it
1: serious, man. I just I just telling it again. I was just like, and Susan's that kind of person that was like, I mean, there's just there was just no way of her to make up that story. Do you know what I mean? Like, I why think, yeah, grandma? Exactly.
0: But you're he's, he's not the first person who's, like, said stories like that. I mean, you know, families and friends, you, you have these such strong connections, which, you know, can't be explained. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Andy, when he was on, he was talking about uh, when his mother passed yeah. and, like, he was... They knew that, you know, she didn't have long left, she was in the hospital, yeah. but he woke up bolt upright in the night and he was just like, yeah. you know, he had the, that feeling, you know? Right. And, and his wife was like, You know, are you okay, are you okay? Then the phone rang like a, a few seconds <laughs> later Says, you, know, you know, it's just like yeah. uh a, a TJ who's in a great band called the Barcelona Preachers when he, he was on, you know, he was saying about um his grandma, you know yeah. uh, coming coming see sitting on his bed and stuff and it's crazy, you know. Well, come sitting on his bed like
1: Yeah. Uh, The one thing that was described to me later, because Susan described what she saw later, because that was the situation, right? Like that's how I remember it. But she, the thing that made her run out of the room and felt scared was that she realized, like we were like seven, about seven or eight, was that um, the the grandma was going, uh, come here, come here, come here, like, you know, to have a hug. Yeah. And we put it together pretty quick. Oh, she was shocked to see her grandmother. Then she was also like, um why that's this is wrong. You you, you should be in Italy, you know, you know, that kind of thing. Like Yeah, you know, yeah. Something doesn't
0: little, add up.
1: Yeah, she wasn't like four years old or anything, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, uh, and then ran out and then that whole happened. But then you know you can imagine that you know, come here, that it's, it's kind of it's a heavy thing to have witnessed, you know. And so I was there for my friend and with her, you know, about it. And she told me about it, but you know, I, I, I didn't see it, but I I still feel I was part of that situation, you know? Of course. Yeah. And so, but yeah, so (laughs) there was, um, that, that, that's, that's something where I think, I mean, like you said, the, the, uh, the energy and the vibrating molecules that we are, there's something about that. That's that uh, the, um, is unexplainable anyway emotion is unexplainable you mm-hmm. know i mean i remember somebody being so dark with me it's like you know that you can feel love from such a far a distance and you know and have a connection and it's like oh well that's just all you know the reason why we feel love is because we have to procreate i don't know i mean i love a lot of people i don't want to procreate with you know,
0: it's yeah. Like, you know?
1: exactly yeah yeah but that energy, so when, I, when you say, do you believe in ghosts? I mean, I believe certainly that uh, that that's not all there is. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like energy, kind of...
0: like energy can't be destroyed. You know, it just yeah finds it And you know, and, then, and that's a, a lot of it. It's like uh, what really annoys me about um, skeptics. I'm going to say with a bit of venom in my tongue, skeptics, yeah. is... Um, <laughs> It's like, they, they feels so, uh, like <laughs> Callum the producer just stood up because he's not a believer, but what do a Ouija board, you know, <laughs> one of them. <laughs> it's like, yeah. a, a lot of them are just like, they're like, it's, no, it's the most stupid thing I've ever heard. Where's the proof? Where's the proof? And then you can go, there's photos, there's videos, there's all these people who you should be trusting who are telling you these stories, you know. Yeah. That should be proof. <laughs> you know, we're <but> like, nah. <laughs> It's, it's funny,
1: not even it's not even the stories and like the, the videos and stuff. It's almost like uh, there are people that you trust and love in our lives that have shared these things with us mm-hmm. and have nothing to gain by telling us a story like that. Do you know what I mean? Or, or, or sharing that. I mean, they have nothing to gain from that. There's no fame in that kid telling me what she just saw in the bedroom or somebody you love telling you something. There's, there's nothing to gain from that. It's an actual, and then, and then if that's true, then, you know, your mind opens up and goes, yeah, maybe these other stores, because, you know, sometimes it is hard to see stuff on, you know, uh, online because there is a certain amount of, I would like so many hits on a video or something. Right. Yeah. 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 But like, I mean, even that you can't be, you can't walk around so negative about everything that the, you can't believe any of it. And also there's a foundation of probably people that you love and trust telling you similar things. Mm -hmm. And, and so, so, uh, uh, do you think they're nuts or do you think that, or do you know what I mean? Or do you not believe them or, or, Or are you so closed off to an idea that you, my thing is, I just don't, you know, I don't understand and I'm not going to pretend to understand. So I'm, but I'm also not going to close myself off to the experiences of it. i got another funny story, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. It's a little bit different. It's a bit more, less ghost and more supernatural kind of thing. When my dad was a teenager in Hungary in a small village in Eastern Hungary, uh, one of his best friends had this crush on a girl and, and kind of like, you know, was always kind of trying to, you know, get to get, get over to her place or get to know her a bit better. So she invited him over for dinner. They were a family that my dad described that seemed, they, they, they weren't, um, very communicative with the rest of the community do you know what i mean like but it's not like there was anything wrong with them but they were very quiet you know that typical they kept to themselves you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> such a quiet man
1: <laughs> yeah, but anyway it's not like that but um so he went she invited him over for dinner you know he kind of you know was like hey you know kind of uh he put enough moves on her if you know what i mean he kept you know kept it up that i was like okay come over for dinner but they had dinner I was with the mom and the dad and then after that dinner he realized you know he'd he's like the first day or two he'd like just go over to her place like right after school or you know before football practice soccer practice and then he was just always ending up at her door and then he uh <laughs> He would literally wake up and go, I'm not going to her place. There's no way I'm going to her place. And then would just four o'clock in the afternoon, he'd be like, What am I doing here? I'm just here again. And it's happened for like a month. Could not stop going to her place. Couldn't will himself to stop going to the place. He would put something in his path, like, I've got a job to do, I got this or that, I'd make a plan. And he would end up at her place always on control to the point where he was telling my dad, like, this is scaring me. I hate this. I hate this. I, I, can't, I can't stop going. So he actually, the one time he went to, he got there and he was like, I got to talk to you. I can't, I, it's, it's, you know, by lack of better, it's creeping me out. I can't stop coming here. Cannot stop coming here. I don't like it. What can we do? Is there something? Is there something here? I can't. I can't. I can't understand why. So she said, "Do you want to not come here anymore? Do you want to stop coming here?" And he said, "Yes." So, okay, come on, let's in the mom, Let's let's go have dinner. And the mom made them dinner again, ate with them, never went over again. Witchcraft. Yeah. Uh- hey. Eastern European, too. So that's even <laughs> my, and, and uh, my dad. My dad is a full on, like, but this is his buddy, you know what I mean? And he, he was just like, he, he was saying that he's, he but it, it went from him, you know, my dad going, come on, you've had a big crush. And that's the kind of thing that was driving this guy crazy, I guess, is like, no, 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 Mishka, you know, in Hungarian. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Mishka, that's your name <laughs> in Hungarian, too, by the way, Mike. No, uh, I I know I had a big crush on her. Don't don't say that. I just don't want to go there anymore. Come on, that's all you've been talk- talking about. So no matter what he said, nobody would kind of believe him. And he was just like, No, you don't get it. I just can't stop going. And then he just he ended up uh, asking, please, I don't want to go anymore. Like that's and he told my dad, you know, and my dad was just like, Wow, I don't know. And they were like yeah, the, the sixteen years old. My dad said they were sixteen, so it's two years. Yeah. Two years before my dad left Hungary for the in the revolution. So it was like, it was one of those things. My dad's just not the kind of guy to get into that kind of stuff. He, yeah, yeah, he sense of humor, that eyebrow, you know, the Hungarian eyebrow, you know, that <laughs> nah, whatever, you know, blah blah, blah blah. Don't be stupid, kind of stuff. But yeah, that's a story he stuck by. And that happened to his I mean, house. Because
0: I, I totally believe in all that sort of shit as well. <laughs> you know? I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I like I kind of believe in everything. Calvo, I, I've I just told you about my belief in Santa Claus on this podcast. You believe in anything. I do believe in everything. Right. Can I tell you my see, see. My, my my belief in Santa? Yeah. I've heard this one. that's this one. So, I think... Oh, no. It seems to have could be real right but not like visiting every kid visiting every kid all around the world he just chooses like eight yeah eight kids who really deserve it and they get presents i mean the story comes from somewhere right i'm not saying he's wearing a big red suit going but i mean I'm an eternal optimist, <laughs> and I don't want to sound crazy, but but it could be true. It could be real. The <laughs> story Santa's true. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't believe in Easter, but you know, but but Santa could be a thing.
1: You know what, man? I, I got, I got, I, I, you know, my my daughter is uh, turning thirteen. We had a conversation about this a few, uh, you know, a few years ago. You know. And uh, I, I just remember, when did you stop uh, believing in Santa Claus? I remember asked this a few years ago. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, uh, moving swiftly on. <laughs> I just thought, you know, in this day and age, you know. And the thing about it is, and this is what I'm going to tell you, Mikey, and this is why I love what you just said. And the, uh, uh, the fact that you admit, it, admit that fully Is that, you know, even with that story about my dad's friend or this, um, I do believe in, uh, you know, it's funny. It's like in some, in in, in magic to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. I do do believe in it. I do believe that there is a, a, like a, like a, a slight, like a realm that's unexplainable, but can, can, can in in your own little way in, in your in our own ways not little ways i don't because that, that sounds condescending but in our own ways we can we can reach into that and make mm-hmm. something special happen you know and and and, and things that um, i think the most unexpected and unbelievable things it sometimes you know they turn out to be real and like and it's like and, and and your belief in something so positive and everything is just I think it's gorgeous. It's
0: beautiful. It's like I'm so glad you said you believe in magic <laughs> because yeah, I think it's important. You know, I think yeah. I think having belief in things is just a great thing. Would you like to see a ghost picture? Yes, I do. I show this to every guest. I'm gonna send it to your phone because mm-hmm. I, I don't. Sure, the listeners and watchers just yet. I'm going to wait until, uh, until the guy who sent me this comes on. He's in a great band called The Attack from Florida. Everyone yeah. should always check out them. And yeah. when I was in Florida the other year, he, um, we were talking about ghosts and mm-hmm. he showed me this picture and it chilled me to my goddamn core. Okay. Uh,
1: okay, maybe, maybe I'm scared to get it on my phone then. <laughs> well, it has
0: been sent to you. Well, there you go, anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> have a look, say. I like to see people's reactions. Uh, oh,
1: Yeah, let's see. And this is like a, a photo, a photo of, of, right behind him?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. You zoom into that and you can see straight through it and everything It's Yeah, that's, that's
1: that's a little... Oh, man, that's something else, man. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> Isn't it? I can't wait to get him on. I think he's, he's coming over to the UK on tour soon, so I'm going to try and get him dragged in so we can have a, a few drinks and a chat. But I, I don't want to keep you all night, but I do have a couple more questions, if that's yes. OK. Yeah. Uh, I, I asked this question to all the guests. I didn't ask it last week because uh, I had no need to because she told a story earlier which answered this question. And it is, would you fuck a ghost? No. (laughs) Straight down, no. Like, is that because you're Um, a married man or? (laughs) That's
1: right. Cheating's cheating no matter what, even if it's in the spirit world, you know what I'm saying, buddy?
0: I hear
1: that. I hear that. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm, am very happily married. I, yeah. So no I ghosts, no ghosts, no nothing, man. Not interested in that. I, and um, without getting too deep into it, Mikey, because this is, a, this is a conversation in which I wish I had a drink like you, or I wish I was in the same room as you to continue on, because I'd love to see. this this so go. I'm not even sure. You know. You know. I'm not sure how that could happen anatomically. But no, you said uh, it's
0: because I watched I watched Ghostbusters as a kid, and he goes on with Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah, yes. and like uh, Ke- Kesha, she claims to have done the deeds with the ghost, and mm. I think I'm thinking of, uh, Karen, who was on the show last week. Uh, she's from. Van band called Chase Long Beach from California. And I'm pretty much sure she was talking about having sex with ghosts. I think she said, this podcast talking about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, the
1: one thing though, I'm glad that you had me on here. Because there's, you know, there's, you know, there's certain things about this that, uh, it's, you know, people think of the creepiness, the scariness of the unknown and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, but the idea of embracing something that you don't understand, I think is beautiful mm-hmm. because it, it doesn't mean, because you don't understand it, doesn't necessarily mean that it's something to be loathed or or, or hated. Yeah. It's something that you can, f- Certain people can feel, you know, uh, trepidation about, scared about and stuff. But it's it's something like the, the, the more open you are to uh, that kind of magic and that kind of stuff, I think the more open you are to what's really in the people that are right there, solid in front of you. I think you're seeing, I think if you, if, if you have that kind of disposition, it's going to go into a positive thing anyway. Do you know what I mean? You're not yeah. so scared. Because you're not so scared of things, uh, you're 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 more uh, willing to accept what another person is like and who they are, even though it's not something you understand. It's all increments of that same thing. I don't understand it. Why am I scared of it? If you if if you are open to the idea of something like big like this, then you're then you're going to be open to people and understanding and empathetic and fucking um,
0: yeah <laughs> yeah,
1: and that's it And it's funny i always find that those two things kind of go hand in hand so thanks for having me on this thing man no,
0: it's been it's been absolutely great to see you it's okay to be scared of spiders or people so don't worry <laughs> you can't be scared of spiders because that's my main fear in life not ghosts but yeah it's a, it's always a pleasure to hear your voice sorry uh,
1: it seems to have, have uh this- have a pause
0: up again there you are
1: oh thanks man yeah great
0: great yeah yeah, yeah from... it
1: up a little bit but...
0: yeah well I, I look forward to uh, getting to see you in person soon and hanging out again sharing a few yeah.
1: drinks well let's talk about that like you said you got to two different places now so like you know there's some things we can work out, and uh, that's just always a great you know i mean music is just a great uh excuse for uh for uh friends like us to get together you know what i'm saying anyway so let's let's do that soon man and uh I will talk to you really soon. Uh, lots of love to everybody over there in Huddersfield and stuff. and Take care, man. Thank you so yeah, much. Um,
0: right. uh, so, that was episode number four of season number three with Brags. Uh, a great episode. I really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, we'll see you next time. Remember, people, stay spooky. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>